Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Ormo campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation, and our world. We've been looking at a teaching series over these last couple of weeks of all the people that had an encounter leading into uh, the birth of Christ with angels. And uh, we're looking at this series called Hark. And Hark just means listen up. And we sing Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Well, a herald angel is someone that brings big news. So when we talk about Hark the Herald Angels Sing, really what we're saying is listen up. We've got some big news to share. And in the lead up to the birth of Christ, our heavenly angels met with a bunch of different people and shared the news of what was going to come. And this morning I just want to read our passage from Luke chapter 1. From verse 26, this is the encounter that Mary had, Mary, the mother of Jesus, had with the angel. It says this, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, to a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. And Mary is greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. I love that she's worried by his words, not by the fact there's an angel talking to her. But she was troubled and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favour with God, and you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He'll be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked. Since I'm a virgin and the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the most holy God will overshadow of you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age and she who is going to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I'm the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me according to your word. And then the angel left her. I want to ask a big question that Christmas helps us answer, and it's a question there. What is God like? What is God like? You can Google that. You can talk to people on the street. You can ask them the question of what is God like? And I wonder if we all had the chance today to grab a seat and bring God in the flesh and sit him here, we would all have a bunch of questions that we'd love to grill him with. What is he like? Is he tall? Is he old in our imagination? Is he kind? Is he compassionate? Does he smile much? Have you ever wondered that? Does God smile? Would he laugh at my jokes? Would he wear a bad Christmas hat and eat turkey at Christmas lunch? Maybe some people might ask, is he the genocidal maniac that others say that he is? Is he a bigot? Is he abrupt? Is he generous? Is he kind? Is he gentle? What is God like? Not what does he look like, although we're interested in that too, but what's he like? What's his nature? 2003, I was recently married, just... 18 months into my married life with Chrissy, and I was watching this bump grow inside of her. And I was wondering, what is my child going to be like? Will he be tall? Will he look like his dad? Or will he be blessed to look like his mum? 
What's his voice going to sound like? What's he going to sound like when he speaks? What's he going to be interested in? Is he going to be sporty? Is he going to follow Parramatta? Is he going to like music? Is he going to like gardening or astronomy? Is he going to be kind? I had all these questions about what this child that I hadn't yet seen was going to be like and then something most incredible happened. This child was born. April 2003, Eli Andrew Maine. And this is what he looked like in the first year of his life. I didn't warn him this was happening today. And some questions started to get answered for me. Suddenly I knew what he looked like. Suddenly I realised that he did get his mum's looks and not his dad's. Blessed is he. I started to realise that he is going to be tall. I realised what his voice sounded like. I've started to know that he is kind. He is compassionate. He loves his friends. He's affectionate towards his family. He's a respectful young man. He loves sport. He's ultra competitive. He yells louder than anyone when the Brisbane Lions are playing footy. And we love him to bits. You see, 16 years ago, Eli was born. Come here, mate, for a minute. He doesn't look like that anymore. He looks like this. You see, what happened was somebody filled the seat for me. And over 16 years, as I get to hang out with this kid and I get to see him grow from the little blonde-headed, smiley kid that he was into a fine young man, I had the chance as I interacted with him to understand what he was like. You see, someone filled the void. Would you thank my eldest son for me this morning? And so we come back to the question, what is God like? See, we know what Eli's like. I can tell you all about Eli because I've hung out with him every day of his life pretty much. And I've seen him develop. I've seen the things that are inherent in him come to the surface. I can describe him. He's got flesh and blood that I can describe him to you, what he looks like, what he sounds like, and what he cares about. But what is God like? Back to the scripture I just read. The angel says to Mary, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High God. The Lord will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. Listen to this. His kingdom will never end. You see, Christmas is the moment where God answered the question for us of what he is like. And it didn't start in a chair, it started in a manger. But you see, God put flesh and blood on the divine so we don't have to guess anymore what he looks like because God made himself known. We don't have to create pictures through our own imagination. We are invited into the story where we get to find out what God is like. Jesus in his later life, when he's hanging out with a group of friends that he brought around himself that we call the disciples, said to one of them one day as he's having a discussion, he said this, don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been among you such a long time? And he says this, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. In other words, you, Jesus says, you want to know what God is like? 
you know, the God that you've worshipped all these years, the, the ancient of days, the creator of all things. You want to know what he's like. You want to know if he cares. You want to know if he's kind, if he's compassionate, if he laughs, if he smiles, if he cries, if he grieves. You want to know how he treats people. You want to know what he does with people when he's confronted with them, when their lifestyle doesn't match up to the values that he cares about. You want to know what God is like? Well, look at me. I'm not just a shadow of him. I'm the perfect representation of him. I am him. You know, Christmas helps us understand just what God is like. There's two glimpses of what God is like through this encounter with Mary that I just want to mention this morning. And the first is this. God makes extraordinary things out of ordinary people. This might be something that we haven't ever wrestled with, but Mary wasn't anyone special. Abraham wasn't anyone special. Moses wasn't anyone special. What made them special was that God chose to invade their story. And now they're people that we know of, we've heard of, even if we've never sat in a church before, we've heard of the Virgin Mary. And we've probably sung about her at Christmas time. But Mary wasn't chosen because she was better than anyone else or more special than anyone else. But that's how God works. God brings his extraordinary story into very ordinary stories like yours and mine. And here's the good news. That's how God continues to work today. doesn't matter who you are, where you've been, what your background is, what your history is, what your family is, the mistakes that you've made. God still wants to use your ordinary story to be part of his extraordinary narrative of redemption. And so no matter where you've been, you're invited into an extraordinary story. Because God takes ordinary people and does extraordinary things with them. God chose this young, soon-to-be-married lady and chose her to be the one who he would reveal himself through. Morris that you saw on the screen before is just an ordinary guy. I've had the privilege of getting to know Morris over a bunch of years at my time at Gateway and he's the most incredible guy. He, he loves his sport. He's fun to be around. He tells a great story. He's got a really dry wit of humour. But for the last 40-odd years, he's dedicated his life to working with the poorest of the poor in South Asia, bringing hope and healing. Morris is just like many of us, an ordinary person that heard the call of God on his life and is now doing extraordinary things through God's power at work through him. And hundreds and thousands of people have had their hope, have had their future transformed because God continues to do extraordinary things through ordinary people. Let me give you a challenge this Christmas, young, old, feeling like life is beginning, feeling like life is near its end. God still wants to do extraordinary things through ordinary people. And sometimes those extraordinary things aren't huge. Sometimes it's just this Christmas, you being called to be generous to someone, or you being called to be kind to someone, or you being called to actually take the first step in healing in your family that's been fractured for so long, where you've all forgotten what the problem was, but nobody likes each other and nobody's talking, and it's just going to take one person to be the one that humbles themselves and be gracious. God still wants to do extraordinary things through ordinary people. The second thing we find in the story of Mary is the way that God works. What God is like is he makes the possible out of the impossible. The angel visits Mary and says, you're going to be the mother of this child. 
And this child you had to name Jesus, and he's going to be the son of the most high God. And Mary, overwhelmed by this information, says, okay, let's get to the practicalities. How's this going to work? How will this be, she says. And the angel answers, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow of you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. How is a baby born to a virgin? You see, God makes possibility out of that which is impossible. If you go to the New King James Version of this very passage, it says that. The NIV says, for no word from God will ever fail. From the New King James, it says, for with God nothing will be impossible. You see, what God did was impossible in human terms. A baby born to a virgin but it was possible in heavenly terms. And the story of Jesus is this, he makes possibilities out of impossibilities. And right now in your story, he has the power to make that which seems impossible, possible. He, he, he can do the impossible. He can take broken, sinful, messed up people and make them whole. That's the power of God making the possible out of the impossible. He can give you a clean slate, a fresh start. His grace can be sufficient in your story. That is God making that which seems impossible, possible. God can bring healing into your story because he is a God that makes possible out of that which is impossible. So this Christmas, I'm going to get the band to come join me. I promised them family Christmas service, a really short sermon today. And you all cheered. I want to invite you, no matter where you're at in your life, no matter where you're at in your story of faith, no matter where you're at in your discovery of who Jesus is, to discover a couple of things. To discover a God who made himself known. It says in Acts that God is never far from any one of us. He, He actually wants to be known. If you're searching for hope, if you're searching for purpose, if you're searching for the answer of what is God is like, the answer's been given to you in the Christmas story. There are a bunch of guys that Jesus gathered around himself, these disciples, that, that thought his story that powerful that they should record it. And four people recorded the story of Jesus. And you can read the story of Jesus in this book, in the four accounts of it, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John's, Story of how God took on human flesh and blood and made himself known. So good was his story that the the 12 guys that hung around him and then a whole lot more that encountered him decided that his story was so worth sharing that even when he wasn't around anymore, they decided to go and give their life to tell other people how good Jesus was. And so Christmas is an invitation to discover what God is like. I guarantee you'll be surprised as you discover what he looks like, what he sounds like, and what he thinks of you. Because God placed himself in that empty chair and started to answer the questions for you. You know, in my life, what I've discovered is God is incredibly kind. I picture God smiling a lot. I picture him laughing and enjoying food with his friends. I don't see him being the first one to race out the door at the end of church. I see him being the first one in the line of coffee with you guys wanting to have a chat and find out how you're doing. I found that he's incredibly gracious and that even when I muck things up, he doesn't run away from me. He's not scared by my mess and my brokenness. He's actually the first one that wants to be there. 
I've discovered that He's warm and embracing. I've discovered that He's loving and He's kind. He's not cold, He's not distant. I reckon God wants you to discover Him just all the same ways that I've had the privilege of doing over 40 years of my life now. And some of the pictures that you might have formed of God that have been formed through other people's opinions or your own experiences or, or, or reading other people's opinions of Him. I encourage you this Christmas, just go back to the source and discover afresh again the God of all creation that clothed Himself in humanity because He wanted to be known. That same God still wants to do extraordinary things in your life and in your story. He wants to do extraordinary things through your life and through your story. He wants to make possibilities out of the things that right now you see as impossible because that's what he's like. Christmas this year, discover what Jesus is like. You might be surprised afresh again. Would you pray with me? Thank you, Lord, that you made yourself known. You didn't come with lots of pomp and ceremony in one sense, although angels and wise men and all of that is a lot of pomp and ceremony, but Jesus, you chose to be born into poverty. You chose to come and not isolate yourself from us, but surround yourself with us. Jesus, at Christmas, you chose to step into our story, to put humanity on the divine, to make yourself known. Thank you, Jesus, that you are knowable. Thank you that as we stare into your face and into your story, we find kindness and compassion and grace and love. Lord, for any of us here this morning that have never discovered that, I want to pray this Christmas that they might discover afresh the God that loved them so much that he came to earth and became like them so that they may know him. God, do a new work in us, we pray. You know, Mary finishes her story. When the angel first appears, she says, how can it be? How can this be? How can this news that you bring me be? And then the angel goes on a little bit further and she finishes by saying this. Well, may your word to me be fulfilled. In a short story, Mary moves from questioning to faith. She just says, oh, I don't know how this could happen. And the angel says, it's all good. God's got it. So she finishes by going, well, let it be. Here I am, your servant. May your word be fulfilled. And it's the same for us. We're invited into God's story and we're invited to take a step from uncertainty and unbelief into faith and belief where all we say is, well, God, I can't make sense of all of this, but may your word be fulfilled. As I finish this morning, I just want to encourage you with a couple of things. One, if you've never discovered Jesus, we'd love to help you discover Jesus. We'd love you to take the first steps on that story. As we finish our service today, I'm just going to be loitering around the front. Donna's going to be loitering around the front. Soph down here. All our staff is going to be here because we'd love to talk to you about what it is to take the first step of discovering what it is to have a relationship with Jesus for yourself. And then we'd love to resource you with some things. If you don't have a Bible, we'd love to give you one today so you can take it home and this Christmas start answering for yourself the question of what is God like? He'll surprise you. He'll change you. He'll transform you. And it'll be the best Christmas you ever have. We hope you've been blessed by this message. 
We are a growing family and we'd love to see you at one of our Sunday services because everyone who comes through our doors is welcome. You can find out more about our community and locations at gatewaybaptist.com.au.